Laura. I'm Laura Clark, the British High Commissioner to New Zealand. Welcome to another episode of Tea with the High Commission, the British High Commission's podcast, where we interview a range of interesting people talking about anything and everything, and in the process discover the great connections between the UK and New Zealand. My guest today is the award-winning stand-up comedian and actor Eddie Izzard, who's in New Zealand for his Bundabar tour, which is apparently the fifth time he's toured New Zealand. Uh, he's also a prominent campaigner for charities and politics and a marathon runner extraordinaire, having run 27 marathons in as many days in South Africa and 43 in the UK, um, which is quite a feat. Welcome, Eddie. Thank you very much. The 43 was in 51. I took a day off a week because uh, why not take a day of it? And in South Africa, didn't you end up, in the end, having to do two in one day? Yeah, double marathon on the last day, because day five was in hospital, so... Do you never think, actually, bugger this, I want to sit down and have a cup of tea and a biscuit? Well, I do sit down. In fact, it's my my innate boringness, which I think is my greatest gift to think, because if you're going to be out and transgender for since 1985, if you're going to then run marathons, perform in four languages, go into politics, you better have, you know, if you go around going, I am the gift to everything, I am special, you know, th then that doesn't work. But if you just go, I'm just some bloke, and I think people see me as some bloke, some or a transgender person who is, who's, you know, tried to confront some things which don't seem right, do some things positive, performing in different languages. You, you can't really slice that negatively. You couldn't really, even the extreme right wing, I know we're not going to talk politics, but you couldn't really spin that around because now the French are not performing in English, the Germans in English, everyone's going to English because you get a Hollywood career and you can tour the world in that English language, which is no longer, I would argue, definitely isn't in control of the British. There is American English, British English, Australian English, New Zealand English, New Zealand English. Um, I was talking about the vowels and Maori, the Maori effect of the vowels on the on the New Zealand accent, and uh, and so it's it's for any it's an open source language in the original sense as opposed to the computer sense of the word, and anyone can use it. And I know French people who have performed in Helsinki to Finnish kids, and the Finnish kids have been watching, listening in English, and laughing in, in with the English language going through their brains. And the French kid was performing in English, which is a beautiful thing, and it's it's just big. It's big enough. It isn't big enough up. It's just big everyone up. Like like, what a beautiful idea. And I, I do feel I was at the va vanguard, the avant-garde of that. Um, I always wonder what vanguard was. Was it a van? It's the avant-garde. Because you, you speak languages, don't you? I do, I do. Yeah. How many? I speak German and French and very rusty Russian. And I once tried to learn Spanish, but I was falling in love at the time. Can't remember a word of it, except how to say I'm going to be 20 minutes late. But you you could get your Spanish back quicker. Because if you've got French and English, Spanish... Yeah, I mean, I should. I should yeah. have been able to learn it quite easily. But my mind was obviously not on the job at yes. all. Yes. So. No, but that's good. That's it. I yeah. bet that's his wunderbar. That, you, that's his you are the first person yeah. who've introduced me with a Wunderbar tour, because they do say Wunderbar. Oh, you've had a lot of Wunderbar. Wunderbar tour yeah. and Wunderbar tours. But, uh, but tell me about that effort that it takes to prepare an entire gig in a foreign language, because you've also done it, you started doing it in Arabic as well. Well, no, Arabic is next. I was born in Yemen, okay, so yeah. that me and my brother are both, he's the expert in languages, and elder brother Mark, and he... Uh, so we separately realized we both wanted to learn the language. So that will be something we do next. But we're up to Spanish at the moment. So he's pretty fluent in German, French, and Spanish. And I am 75% in French, about 40% in German, and just starting in Spanish. But I did develop this show in French. So in, I went to Sam Beckett wrote Waiting for Godot, En Antonio Godot, in French, and then translated it into English. I think for the feel right. of it, yeah. as opposed to anything... 
humanly political. I just thought it was very positive, arms across borders, hands across the, wa the water. Um, I'll do it in French and, and improvising in French, yeah. which, as you'll guess, it's quite, that's quite it's a really tricksy hard. thing. And then I went, I translated the French into German. I went to Berlin and said, Guten Abend, Berlin, ich heiße Eddie, my show auf Deutsch improvisieren. And, you know, and they were, and they were groovy with that. So, and then I translated it into English and it's given me a kind of a lean, uh, people say, my, my advisors, my people I know are just saying, this is good, this is bad, try this, saying it's, it's quite a, the show is in quite a good position, maybe particularly because of that, because you can't muck it's about. It's wonderful. No, in, and, in the, and, and the energy that comes from that. Yes, and it, confidence. And I mean, confidence. You know, this is ninja training. Absolutely. And, and, and also, I think, we're always slightly different people in different languages. You know, you, get, you go ah, into... Slightly. Interesting. Did you, I mean, do you now feel I that? wonder because people say you have a whole different personality. I disagree with that. Um, I, I, I might present myself a little differently, but I, I'm, I look to make similarities, so I don't quite feel I'm different. I, I, I have less words in my vocabulary, yeah. so I have to uh, articulate a little differently. But I don't think so. I still think exactly the same. I'm still a gender fluid, transgender person, so I'm still wearing the same clothes, whatever I want to wear. Um, I don't see a big difference. Well, how would you articulate the difference that, that comes across you when you're speaking French or German? Well, I, I find that my style is just a little bit different depending on the language. So how I present myself orally. Are you a bit and more Latin? So I think, well, French. no, in German I'm perhaps a bit less... Um, bubbly than I am in English, okay. um, but also then there's that thing where you're having to sort of slightly look ahead for for missing words, a bit like yeah, potholes yeah. in the road, yes, and yes. think, well, how do you go around them, and how do you? But navigate that's just that? a language that's thing always, as opposed yeah, yeah, to character true. thing. So maybe but I actually try and be on. I know I was bouncing around on stage quite. Um, I was the the drug of language improvising yeah. my third in my yeah. third language was really getting to me so I was and I was trying to make my brother laugh who's listening backstage and I couldn't see him but apparently <laughs> I got a report from Sarah my tour manager who's sitting behind us that he was actually laughing and, and that's the highest th thing I can do is to make my brother laugh because he he's very critical he's and your biggest critic isn't he's he? the biggest critic and, and ally uh probably just cr critic and <laughs> i'd put it that way yeah i mean he's very well we're supportive as a family yeah but it's also siblings and um i want him to be doing this but he doesn't like to perform but yeah if he if i can get him to laugh then that's that's the top thing and i was bouncing around and saying yeah was was würden wir machen jetzt was wir haben eine is it sehr interessant yes mm. you know and i was looking for the words and i was yeah. grabbing them and i could pull them in and say isaac man how do you say this, how do you say helicopter? Ah, that's his helicopter. It's exactly the same. That's is the, and ausgezeichnet is my favorite word in German. Uh, oh, I've got so many favorite words. Ausgeschlafen, I like. What is ausgeschlafen? Ausgeschlafen. I have slept so much that I am slept out and I just wake up naturally. That's a very rare state for a parent, but very occasionally, if I go away without the kids, I ich can bin say, ich bin ausgeschlafen. Oh, wow. I and my other favorite one is um, Gastgeber Angst, host anxiety. Gastgeber so if you have people okay, come round and you feel anxious that you're gonna get it right. Gastgeber so Angst. there's just so many wonderful words. I've also got quite a nice line in German, but with a French accent, and that's quite fun when you can sort of play around. So, oh, right. well, also, ich, ich glaube, dass wir müssen das machen. And you see, and, and that's quite yeah, fun. Yeah, well, I've tried so, doing yeah. it in Northern Irish accent. Oh, my goodness. And stuff. Uh, uh, I, I found that, well, actually, I found French, because you know that w in Britain, which we mm. never get taught, and I think you'll agree with me on this, 330 years we were run by the French language mm. after William the Concubine came over, <laughs> um, uh, up until I think Henry II or someone. 
so th that's a long time yeah. to have an over language that was yeah. not the English one, which is why the English, we think, has got so free and weird and, and different. But uh, if you take a very posh English accent, and then, see, si on parle français avec ça, ça marche très bien. C'est parfait comme ça. Mais ici, on parle français comme ça, c'est plus difficile c'est plus un anglo-saxon accent peut-être and it's more it's more jumpy it's more bu bumpy yeah. i think but there's an accent très posh yeah. formidable and, and i and i wonder whether that's just the old anglo-saxons the old normans used to sound very posh when it sounded like that wonderful i don't know yeah so tell me, you um, you had a hard start in life. Your mum died when you were six. Yeah. You went to boarding school. Obviously, your relationship with your brother is really important. Yeah. How have all those things affected you going forward in your life? I mean, lots of people would need to be in sort of decades of therapy. Well, um, I, I would say a lot of people have had tough lives. And I'd say mum dying was, was incredibly tough for me and my brother my f and my father mm. but I would say if your mother is or father is still alive but dysfunctional and doesn't give you love and I know that that maybe that's, that's worse or if your mother or father leaves you John Lennon mm. example mm. and what are you doing living with that guy over there if you watch the films about it you see yeah. it how does that muck you up and then you get to know and John Lennon's mother died in an accidental car crash you know it's so in the end, you just have to deal with what you can deal with. Um, but going to boarding school at the age of six makes you very independent. And we weren't, you'll know this from Britain, and it's probably in most countries, certain groups of people tend to go to boarding school. You come from a certain, this old thing of class, I hate the idea of class, but I, I like social mobility, but there is still vestiges of that. And if you come from a certain amount of money, quite often the kids go to a, certain, a boarding school. And we didn't. My mum and dad were the first to go to grammar school, and my granddad drove a bus, and the other granddad was a cowherder who claimed he was a shepherd, which I think oh, is fantastic, because he thought cowherder didn't sound so good. On my <laughs> mum's birth certificate, he put shepherd, which is not true. It's funny, isn't it, the idea that sheep are higher up the pecking order than cows? I think it's shepherd, you know, oh, as opposed okay, to, to cowherder. Cow yeah, cow a shepherd, you are a flock, you're almost biblical. You're almost that's narrow, true, you know? that's true. Uh, yeah. I, I, sh I show my sheep, ah, there's a wolf over there. I, whereas cows are just saying, get in, the, get in the sheds, get out of the sheds, put some milk over there. <laughs> All right, move on, move on. You're covered in poo, um, which uh, and sheep tend to be covered in less poo. I think is the is the deal. Right, that was the main. Yeah. I think it, it is true, and I, I, I my he was called uh, grandfather with a pipe. You know, I've always I said this this bit of stand up comedy, which is if you're if you're kids have kids then you must run to them and say please can we be granny and granddad please gran normal names not otherwise the other two are oh, whoopie yeah. and mumps or yeah. bigly and yeah, mr jim jams and good lock in your preferred name early. lock in quick yeah, get absolutely. there next seconds because mm. uh, my grand other granddad was grandfather with a pipe which is just a bonkers name <laughs> but, and he, but he had a pipe and he sold his house oh he, his wife died he he became the local Lothario in Appledore in Kent. So he went around all the all the widows and said, "Hi, I was a shepherd." I did I just have this. I'm building all this story into it, but this seems to be what he did. And he also then sold his house and he went around all his kids saying, "I'm living with you for six months. I'm living with you for six months," mm -hmm. and it, which was the king's progress. Was it the royal progress they used to call it in the old oh, days? Oh yes, they'd move I, from place to yeah, place. Yes, so I quite yeah. like the the very working class yeah. ex shepherd slash cowherd. <laughs> Of it. Yes, yeah, I, yeah. I, so I, I think, and he read and reword the work of Dickens, and I've now done one audio book of Dickens, and I'm going to do a solo performance of Dickens, because I saw Simon Cameron's one, so I'm going to do Great Expectations, which I've 
done. And I'm dyslexic. And I'm 150 years younger than Dickens to the day. So I, so I like to merge all these things. It won't make much money or whatever, but it's just nice to be able to play all the characters from Magwitch to this, to, to the Pip Gun is down above and all these other characters, and then the Stella and, uh, and Mrs., uh, Mrs. McGonagall, what's her name? Uh, what's the name of the woman in the house? Anyway, her. You yeah. remember her? Miss um, Havisham. Yes, Miss Havisham. Mm. And Mrs. McGonagall, who isn't in who's the story. Who's from Harry Potter. Oh, exactly. Mrs. McGonagall. What are they doing in the <laughs> story? Like, oh, Miss Havisham. Parachuted in from Hogwarts. Yes, that yes. parachute. Just like the Queen and the <laughs> thing in, in on the Olympics. Yeah. Said Miss Havisham. Yeah. As she set fire to herself. So we were, we we somehow were in boarding school and we ended up with Miss um, Havisham, Havisham on fire because she does catch fire yes. in the story and parachuting. Um, that's that's how my mind rolls, yeah. um, which is hard if you get into politics. Um, yeah, so it was a. T- are we going to go through my whole life or no? Do, do, no, do no. I'm just more interested in. I'm interested in what makes you such a maximizer what makes you someone who is a stand-up comedian you're constantly pushing yourself self-improving five things i'm doing five things because most yeah. people would go for one thing and most people would do one thing and think and pat themselves on the back and you know and have a glass of wine at the end of the day um, and you're doing five things and doing them at a soon serious level so it's what what drives you i suppose what i'm getting at is it something in your childhood or is it just personality what is it that drives you i think I think it's like being wound up like a clock. Or, and I was, I, I, From age of seven, I wanted to be an actor, and age of 30, it started working. I think what happened was I, was, I have a determined gene. I th- I'm lucky with the determination. I don't think I've got a natural talent almost for anything, but right. I seem to be able to pull the talent. I, I believe I can pull talent out of me, um, and therefore I've applied that in a few different ways. And when I came out, because I was trying to be a, uh, an actor, then I thought, okay, forget acting, I can't do that at school, they weren't giving me any roles, Monty Python, I'll do that, and then th- when that wasn't happening, and I dropped out of accounting and financial management at Sheffield University, um, once I came out as transgender, I thought, that's my fight, because I was actually thinking of being in special forces as well, and that sounds very silly, but it actually was a serious thought, and you know, some people are having these thoughts, and I was, and I knew about S- David Sterling, set it up, Long Range Desert Group, Paddy Main, went on from there, um, how they think out of the box, how they are brilliant at working in four-man groups at multiple disciplines, but also hearts and minds. This is a key part of being special forces. Um, and anyway, I feel I've tried to do civilian special forces in the way I've gone about it. Once I pulled out, I said, which yeah. war will I be sent to? I could be sent by an <laughs> idiot to the wrong war. So World War II I understood, and all the others are kind of complicated. So I, once I came out at the a- age of 23... That was so hard to do. If you imagine them coming out as transgender in 1925, yeah. uh, in 1985, when I was 23, um, it, it, that was such a hard thing. And, and once I got that on its feet, and I thought, okay, people aren't cheering on in the streets and saying, good luck, but it's, I, I exist, and I've, I've said this, and it's truthful. The, I, could, I found I could break things, other, I could analyze what to do in other areas. So then I did street performing, then I got, I thought stand-up's the place to go. Stand-up started working, so I held stand-up back. I started doing drama, which was my first love. When both of those started working, I, I had this weird idea that I thought maybe I should go into politics. So I started becoming an activist, because I thought, can I go through entire life without doing that? Because I'd always been quite a political person. Uh, the marathons came out of kind of regaining the exercise thing that we all have when we were young and almost part of selection, doing selection for special forces. So I thought, well, if I do all that and you can raise some money and it gives me a bit of health, those are the fourth. Oh, the languages. Well, I loved languages and I'm positive on humanity. So I want to make connections. I think we have to learn to live together, work together some shape or form without getting very political. 
I thought, well, if I do performing in French, German, Spanish, Arabic, and Russian, that could help something. That could put out a positive image. So that's Amazing. all I did. I feel a bit exhausted. It's hearing. only those five. Yeah. Only those five. <laughs> so tell me more about it. So you came out as transgender a long time ago, yeah. 23, you said, uh, and that was a really hard thing to do in the 80s. Yeah, so in a way, that was the, the biggest challenge that you faced up to. It is and the biggest thing comparison. I did for a long, long time because yeah. everything else didn't work. You know? yeah. And that only worked because no one's going to really camp outside your door. It's like, this has not worked. Uh, more sh um, so, yeah, 1985 wasn't terribly cool. It wasn't cool in 1990 or 95. Or mm. Only about the last five years has it got a little more relaxed. But, um, and yet, but you must be really such a beacon and role model for people around the world for A, for having come out, but B, for it just being a fact about you. You know, you get on with your life and your career and do different things, and you just happen to be transgender. You yeah, just happen that to... that is exactly and, the, the And I think that's, strategy that's the sort of statement, isn't it? And that's yeah. what's important, yeah. is just normalising it and hopefully then opening the space for so many more people to just be themselves. That was my thing. I thought if you march down up and down the streets, then people, a lot of straight people are just going to push back on that and say, well, you know, what am I supposed to do about this? But if you just get on with your life and if you can possibly be as good as you can be, in, and it's the same for women or the same for uh, all minorities, um, you know, women with this glass ceiling thing, if women could be as brilliant as they can be, then people say, we, we don't need straight men, we need some women, we need some ethnic minorities, we need some LGBT people coming in here because we're all overperforming, just trying yeah. to get to the, the yeah, same yeah. level as a straight man who just comes and says, hi, I'm a straight guy. I want this job and lots of money in a bag. And uh, so we're all sort of pushing back on that. But, I, you know, I come from, you know, I was a white, straight male. Well, I fancy women. This is the, the mm. confusing thing. But mm. I just, um, yeah, I just thought, do other things. And I could talk about being transgender diagonally. I could yeah, just yeah, throw it absolutely. in and just leave it at that. And also there's a, there tends to be a visual when you turn up and say, oh, you're, where did you get that lipstick? This is what I went on the project or the yeah, project. The project. Yes. Mm. With the, yeah. We had this discussion on whether it's project or project in New Zealand. And uh, the one question as I was leaving, they said, what's your lipstick? And it's Candy Yum Yum from MAC. There you go. Uh, which is quite vibrant hot pink, which I quite like. Wonderful. I own one lipstick, but I, yeah. uh, I do. Is that, is that for, no, you're not, you're, 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 or are you political? I no, I'm non-political. Yeah, you're non-political. Yeah, so service, I'm career, career diplomat, career exactly. Diplomat. So and is that different to civil service, or is that a top one it's branch? The, it's the same, as, it's, it's just one part of the civil service, right. so diplomats are all civil servants. It sounds good, diplomat. It does, it's a nice, isn't it? Do High commissioner. Yeah, I'm also a governor, because I'm the governor mm. of Pitcairn, so that's quite a nice term as what, well. What, what does that mean? How does that fit with the Well, it's a British Overseas Territory, and so British Overseas oh. Territories have Pitcairn governors. With, uh, what's his face? And the thing and Yeah, exactly. Mutiny yeah. on the Bounty, all that. Absolutely. Wow, where is that? Is that nearby? So, no, it takes you five days to get there. In, in an aeroplane? No, so well, it partly in an aeroplane. You, 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 you fly, three, you do about three or, three or so flights, then a ferry, and then a boat for two days in the wide Pacific Ocean. Wow. It's extraordinary. If you want to go, you know, it's one of those out there places in terms of getting desti destinations to get to. And how are they getting on these days? Yeah, they're good. Really good, actually. So I had a great visit. Um, we did a little film about it. If you want to Google Laura Clark Pitcairn on YouTube, okay. you can see our short film. Um, and they're doing really well. It's a sh small population, so there's a lot of thinking about what they do next. How but 50-odd uh, people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what there's a because I do know in some of the uh, Outer Hebrides Islands that in the end, Exodus then exactly. So, so for them, it's they've got to work through what how they're gonna oh, what they want to do in the future. Because it's tricky. So tourism is 
Tourism, yeah. they get the most intrepid tourists yeah. that come through. They're like Easter Island as well. Yeah, exactly. I try, I try to do stand-up on Easter Island because yeah. they've got 887 huge heads there. And I was trying to, and I've never made it work to stand up with it. I, I wanted to do the, the town, the, the island council meeting. All right, lads, we're not doing well. We're right in the middle of nowhere. We've called it Easter Island. We've put chocolate eggs everywhere. No one's turning up. What's the ideas? Ideas. Off, uh, out the blue, out the blue. All right. All right, Steve, big head. Make a big, make a big head. What, how big? Five foot? Uh, all right, 10 meters high. All right, okay. Well, we'll go for that. So they make one head, and then later on, they've got 887 heads. And what were the meetings in between the one? We've got 886 heads. Just one more. No, we're not going to do it. Go for 888. <laughs> we're stopping the heads now. I, I, I don't know how it all worked, but they got a lot of heads there. But it's not on Pitcairn. They're not going to put it. No, no, exactly. So, so listen, one thing I often like to ask, particularly people who are so um, talented and successful, is... Apparently talented. Okay, well, <laughs> say that if you want. Talented and successful. Is, is there anything that still makes you nervous? Ah, well, that is... Oh, that's a very good point. I, I, the first time I got stage fright, well, the only, only time I suppose I got stage fright um, was when I, I started street performing and I was earning bits of money and I thought, if I can't do this thing, then I, I won't have a living. Um, so I didn't like that. So I try and do things now, like if you're improvising in French, then your English shows have got to get easier because stand-up is quite a scary thing if you think about it because you're there and if you run out of funny after five minutes, you've got an hour and a half show up there. And some and gr grumpy uh, people in the audience. Yeah, it's mm. just... it's. It's not going to happen. So you can't even think about that. And it's a bit like driving a car. You don't think, after five minutes, what if I hit a tree? And then I go, OK, I go, and then you hit another tree, and there's another tree. Hang on, I can't keep hitting trees. Um, you can't think that way. You get into a car thinking, this ride will go fine. Yeah. And everything will be fine. I'm not going to hit any trees, anything. And we'll just get there and have it. And in fact, you, and that's what I can do now. That's what all the, the decent stand-ups, we can all travel for a long time without, without not hitting funny, I suppose. So... Um, so yeah, I'm being scared and nervous. I don't like actually be in in trans in being in girl mode as I call it, boy mode and girl mode. That used to be very scary. It always used to be six or seven out of ten stress levels. Right. And I've got it down to not worrying about how other people are going to respond. Yes. And whether I looked okay or just you know, in a this, there is a certain aesthetic area you need to to, to get into and um, uh, self confidence on that. And I used to be it used to. This was the weird thing. Going out in boy mode was like naught out of ten stress. Going out in girl mode was six or seven. And so I've now got it down to 0.2 out of ten on my ridiculous statistical That's estimation. Not bad. But okay. it is. Yeah, yeah, I just don't. Sometimes I go, oh yeah, I'm, I'm wearing a skirt. Oh, I didn't know that. I forgot about that. Yeah. And and uh, and also some people look at you sometimes with a strange look, and then I just don't look back, or I stare, stare past them, or I just carry on, and then they go, oh. Then yeah. they just stop staring. Yeah, yeah. They get on with their lives. So. Yeah. Or sometimes they shout abuse at me, and then I shout at, shout things back at them. I used to, I match them pound do for you? pound. I do. do. Okay. Well, Crown Prosecution oh. Service, as you may know, I don't know how long you, when you were last in Britain, but they got a whole se series of ads out saying if you're doing, if you're saying hateful things against women, against disabled people, against people of colour, against LGBT and transgender, they actually spell say the word transgender people these are hate crimes and you could be prosecuted and someone was screaming abuse at me so I shouted things back at him pound for pound and then uh, he, he did it again and I said well, I, I found out what his name was gave it to the police and they said well this need to do a statement and then the CPS Crown Prosecution Service 
made a case out of it, and uh, and he was done two counts in the magistrate's court. So fantastic. You know, they probably wanted. And that's important. It sets an example. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And they probably thought I probably would go yeah, to court because yeah, yeah. obviously some people Absolutely. won't go to court and go through that. Yeah, it's quite tough. Now. We're in New Zealand. It's your fifth time in New Zealand. New Tell Zealand. me about that, New, New Zealand. New Zealand. I'm trying to say New Zealand right. Uh, right. Um, yes, it's great. We've we went down to well, my first time. We went down to Queenstown, and we went there. All it was very active place. And that was great. Um, and I always run up. Um, is it Mount Victoria? Can I see it out of your window? Yes, I think I can. Think so over there. Yeah, yeah. I ran up there this morning. Um, Wonderful. And I run up there every time I'm here. And uh, yeah, it's it's. It's great. There's a there's a big link between Britain and New Zealand. I don't know quite what the official how the official links are these days. I know there's a certain linkage that goes on. Well, the fact that you're here is uh, is obvious about that. But um, I just yeah, I just like having to play here, and uh, I, it's it's obviously miles away, but it's getting closer. You know, you've got yeah. the direct flights now Absolutely. coming in. It's with getting these closer, big and there's so many flights. connections between our countries yes. as well. Yes, yeah, yes. and are they a New Zealand audience is good to? Yeah, well, in fact, all audiences in the world are no. good. This is the interesting thing. Everyone has a good sense of no. Everyone has a sense of humour, but if you take up a population apart, there are some people very mainstream. Some people have no sense of humour. It's not the Germans. It's just boring people have no sense of humour. Um, most people have a pretty good sense of humour. And it could be mainstream or it could be more alternative. I just need to find the Monty Python lovers around the world, that kind of audience. They'll, they'll have seen enough comedy to know that I'm not going to do... There was an Englishman, an Irishman, and a Welshman who went into a pub. I do occasionally do those jokes. I start <laughs> off... Yeah, because I got an Englishman, an Irishman, and a Welshman went into a pub, along with a German guy and a Burgundian crossbowman, a kipper, two monkeys, uh, a banjo player, who was not from anywhere, a Martian, uh, three Greeks, a Venezuelan, and I just keep listing people, and I go, where, where the hell is this joke going? And then the barman says, well, wh wh where are you guys from? He says, he's, I, don't, I can't remember what we said. Uh, he's Greek, he's from Mars. Um, and is this a joke? No, no, we all want beers, thanks. So he gave them all beers, and they all had a good time. And they don't <laughs> even do a joke. And it's, it's, it's deconstructing the joke to yeah, the point. Yeah, and keep people holding on. Yeah, and they're going, the what is going on? And I'm just yeah. not playing with the conventions. And that's what we do, yeah. sometimes up to the point where it's not, Pardon me. What is the what is the joke that I'm? Oh yeah, I'm doing Mr. Magoo jokes. Do you do you know of Mr. Magoo? I don't know if you're there. Mr. Magoo is uh, people of a certain age know about Mr. Magoo. It was an American little cartoon thing. He's a guy who's got these glasses and he goes, Oh, I I don't know what's going on. What's going on? And he gets in his car and he drives over roofs and things because he can't really see very well. And so in France, um, when they're burying because this is my kind of show. So William the Conqueror, Guillaume Le, Le, Le Conqueror, they're burying him, and he became a very large guy. And he was once he was dead, he was be not beloved, but behated. And so they left him on the bed, like kind of like Stalin, and just said, hey, let's go. You're Duke. I'm Duke. Who's Duke? And they just left this dead guy there. And then they had to bury him. And so the, the archbishop comes in and says, we must do the, the thing now. And Steve, Kenny, Veronique, Monsieur Magoo, Mr. Magoo, I say, Monsieur Magoo, get him. And then, Monsieur Magoo, you've got a car. And he says, oh, qu'est-ce que c'est? Qu'est-ce que c'est? Oh, je ne suis pas sûr. They say, à la droite, à la gauche. And I'm, and I'm coming up with this sort of rubbishy, ad-libby, Mr. Magoo, Monsieur Magoo stuff, which is, I think about five people are getting. And right. every but, <laughs> but I, you love those five I, people that get it. I don't even, yeah. yes, it's, I'm just with <laughs> those five people. And, yeah. I, and I love it. So I'm just going to keep doing it till I get very bored of it. And then I'll just, but, so I will do jokes Wonderful. that no one's getting.
Wonderful. Well, Pleasure. that's all part of it. And can, and do you, you presumably keep a close eye on, on comedians around the world? I mean, do you keep an eye on New Zealand comedians? No, interestingly mm. not. Uh, it, it, it's, it's an odd thing because people say, well, who's up and coming? And, the, and uh, I think if you're worried that they were going to take your place away, but it's not a zero-sum game. You know, if, no, if there's, if there's 23 more, uh, yeah. really funny comedians, then that, yeah. that's fine. If there's yeah. 4,000, that's fine. Everyone will just go and see more comedians. So... Um, if I, I don't know everyone who's up and coming, and I and I'm trying to do more and more dramas and and act, so I'm looking, you know, who's getting nominated for Oscars and things like this, and um, and I must admit, there's I know, I know there's good comedians in New Zealand and Australia and and around the world, and they all come and play in Britain as well, um, so. Uh, that's great. It's becoming this international thing, especially with the r the Russians now performing English, the Germans, the French, and they can all go and, and play. And that's a beautiful thing. That wasn't there before, and it is there now. Yeah. And I predicted it. And, and Jonathan Ross had made a joke and said, oh, no, you're not going to have Scandinavian comedians. They're just going to do sex shows. And But now it's happening, which is beautiful. And it'll never go backwards, because once people have seen that it can be done, why would they ever unpack it? And it's too... It's too economic to put on. Stand-up comedy is so economic. You know, it's just a bloke. You don't even need a microphone. Yeah. You can just yeah, do it yeah. in a room. Yeah, it's, it's becoming more accessible in it lots is, of ways. Yes, it is the mm. most accessible form of comedy. Mm. And, you know, rock and roll, they have to have yeah. a thing, and you have to yeah, do yeah, amps yeah, and do this. Stand-up, you can do absolutely. it in a room. Yeah, wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you, Eddie. Thank Lovely you. to meet you. Thanks nice very much you. for coming in. Cheers. Cheers. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review as it helps others find us. And remember, you can subscribe to us by searching for Tea with the High Commission on iTunes or Spotify. Thank you. Kakiti anō.